This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show where we delve into the intricacies of love, romance, and lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, founder of Single in the City. Is it possible to fall in love forever? Joining me today are esteemed relationship experts, Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman, who will be helping us explore this with their expertise as renowned relationship coaches and best-selling authors. They have touched the lives of countless individuals seeking to cultivate lasting love. With over 30 years of experience in integrative regenerative medicine and psychology, they have empowered couples to forge deep emotional and spiritual connections. Their newly released book, Ageless Love, The Sexy Science of Falling in Love Forever, is a testament to their wisdom and guidance in creating fulfilling and enduring romantic partnerships. Well, let's dive right into their insights and discover the secrets to everlasting love. Ooh, I like the sounds of that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. How are you? Thank you for having us. Nice to be here. I guess you guys have been together for a long time, huh? All right, 51 years. Wow, you guys look so cute together. <laughs> uh, so what are some of those key factors that contribute to a lasting and fulfilling romantic partnership? Uh, I'll, I'll ask that again. So what are some of those key factors that contribute to a lasting and fulfilling romantic partnership, according to your research and experience? We, we, we talk about three three keys to uh, falling in love forever. Uh, key number one is understanding the big picture of relationship. Don't expect to have a smooth ride because the nature of romantic relationship is very different than other relationships. It's intense. It's like fire. Other relationships are like water. You just have, if you have a brother or sister, you haven't seen them for five years, you come back, oh, and, and everything is great. Don't do that with romantic partnership. <laughs> you've got it. You've got to maintain it. It takes a lot of fire and wood and air. It's a very intense process. And there's a lot of ups and downs that happen naturally. And we talk about what those ups and downs are. That's one. Then we talk about skills you need. You need to have skills in romantic partnership, but you're not born with them. And most people don't uh, learn those skills from parents. You, 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 you need to learn them. It's like ice skating or basketball playing. You've got to learn the skills. And we talk about the different skills, listening skills, making request skills, really understanding why your partner is so peculiar because they are, they're different than you. They seem like they're not, but they are. That's the big sell, right? Now, would you say it's unhealthy, though, to, to never argue or fight in a relationship? I've seen couples like that. I've seen couples where I can literally walk into their home at any time of the day. And I think that's like my sister, um, <laughs> her relationship. I swear, I can walk in any time of the day. They've been together for many, many years, and they're never angry with each other. They they just seem to uh, resolve conflicts so easily and quickly, or I, I never even see them having any conflicts. I mean, is that even possible? It's it's unusual that you're born that way, uh, <laughs> it's, but it's you know usually um, uh, eventually uh, we want our couples to be able to share their point of view, uh, say, express their feelings, and you know. Um, uh, 
appreciate and understand their differences and do it without drama. Um, drama doesn't help anybody, but um, you know, it's uh, as um, as we mature, we we learn and understand ourselves from a, from um, and we can see our partner from different points of view. And there's there's a, a development that is not um, uh, not automatic um, in our in adult life. We have to practice it, and some people get it quicker. But um, if uh, if you can share your point of view and hear your partner's point of view and and understand that your point of view is not the only point of view, that allows you to, to move smoothly through your differences. Mm -hmm. What I could add is that you're going to have differences. The question is, can you listen to the, your partner without feeling like they're wrong and I'm right? You want to be able to see that, oh, they see the world differently than me. Isn't that amazing? But what if they are wrong? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> General. What if you really know that they're wrong? Like they're just wrong and you just know it. Well, why they are wrong is because they're sensitive to certain things that you're not. Okay. So Barbara and I have disagreements about investments, right? <laughs> okay. So my... My attitude towards money is I'm 13 years old. I have my own business with my brother and we make lots of money and I have had businesses my whole life and, and I have no problem with losing money, making money, whatever. This is, this, this is a game. I have no problem with that. Barbara never had a job when she was a kid. She never had a business that she run on her own. And money for her is like, oh, my God, maybe we'll run out of everything and who knows what. She has a whole different point of view about money. Now, is she wrong? And I'm right. Well, I could think so because I make a lot of money and we do very well. But I have to understand that she comes from a different worldview. Mm -hmm. She sees it so differently. It doesn't help to yell at her. And to tell her that she's a, a jerk and she doesn't know anything, that, that's not helpful. No. I have to listen, understand she sees the world differently. And that's what makes a relationship work. And that's the, that's the nature of it. And so we teach the skills how to listen to each other, not where you're trying to say you're wrong and I'm right, but, oh, look how different you see the world. Isn't that interesting? I love that so much. Now, the more time that we spend with our partner, uh, more challenges seem to arise. For example, maintaining intimacy and connection can become more challenging as responsibilities and routines take over. Or when you don't handle conflicts and disagreements constructively, they can lead to resentment and distance, right? So as experts with over 25 years of experience, what are some other common challenges that couples face in long-term relationships and how can they overcome them? Those are just a couple that, that I can think of, but there are many, many more. So I'm not sure I understand uh, your question. Uh, you know, it's important that we're connected. It's also important that we have individual interests and pursuits and we do them uh, to the best of our ability. We fulfill the purpose of our unique personality. Uh, when there's no differences, if we're always together, there's no chemistry. It get, it it dissolves. When there when you see your partner doing something that is you know that you value, uh, it it creates um, it creates that excitement that that creates chemistry. 
And so um, it's the balance of individuality and togetherness is real important. And so each couple has to divide up the responsibilities of their romantic partnership and be able to thank their partner for what they do. So if I take out the garbage every day, I do it because it makes her happy. And I need for her to tell me, oh, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. If she is cooking the meals and shopping, I have to say, well, thank you so much for doing that. That's really, I really enjoy that. So you have to divide, you don't want to have it 50-50. I take out the garbage on Wednesday, you take it out on Tuesday. That, that takes away the, 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 the uh, uh, sexual, sensual, romantic excitement where you're appreciating each other. So that's one whole arena. You've got, you have to create that kind of, of um, uh, division of labor so that you're enjoying the differences of being a man and a woman. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we continue our conversation, great points, guys, with Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman, we're going to take a quick break. So stay tuned as we dive deeper into the science of ageless love, the sexy science of falling in love forever, right after this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotta. We're continuing our conversation, Everlasting Love, with Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman. Uh, get ready, guys, to gain valuable insights into the inner workings of love. All right. Before the break, um, I had asked a question. We just kind of got off course a little, so I, I just want to make sure that we get it answered. Um, but... Um, with 25 years of experience, you know, what are some of the other common challenges that couples face in long-term relationship? And I use the example of intimacy and connection. It can become more challenging as responsibilities and routines take over. Um, are there any other common challenges that, that you can see that couples face in long-term relationships? And maybe how can we overcome them? So it's very important for couples to create a schedule where they can have intimate time together so it's very problematic for couples where you can get so involved with work or raising the kids that you lose that personal intimate connection with your partner and you start seeing other people around who seem to have more attraction to you than your partner and it's very important to have a date night on a regular basis you have to schedule it you mm -hmm. have to schedule the babysitter. You have to schedule, you know, the time you're going to have off when it's happening. And it happens every week. You have to have weekends away. You have to figure out once a month or once every other month, you have a weekend away with your partner. And you also have to schedule talking time together where you have personal time where you talk about things. So if you go on a date, no business is allowed. You cannot talk business. You have to share your personal life, your personal thoughts, your personal desires. That's what you did when you were dating. You have to have that personal connection. These are things that are critical. And each partner uh, has to work at that. You have to create schedules that work for both of you. 
and it may change at certain times if you're a tax person and it, it's tax uh, tax uh, 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 you know at the end of the year you you may not have time okay there's three weeks when you're busy but you basically have to work that out with your partner how are you going to do this critical yeah well thanks for that now can you explain the science behind attraction and love and how it can help couples maintain a strong and enduring bond? Well, that's a very big question. <laughs> and it varies a lot for, with your age. So as an anti-aging doctor, I deal with a lot of bioidentical hormones. For women, when they go into menopause, somewhere between 45 and 60 years of age, very quickly in six months or a year, they change completely their hormones. They've lost their mm -hmm. hormones. They've lost their ability to be sensual, that to feel libido, sensual attraction. They, they've lost that. I, I, I balance out the hormones for women. And I also do it for men. Men, it's very slow as they get older. That's it's, it's not quick. But after five or 10 years, they're, they're, they're not interested in being intimate anymore. And we can fix that. That's an easy fix. Oh, I Young, like that. Younger people have different issues where where uh, uh, they have sensual attraction, but they they can lose it for their partner for the different reasons we talk about. Where you're you're, you're not having intimate time with your partner, and then the resentments build up. And for women, being sensual is critical to feeling good about your partner. For men, they have the hormones where they can just have sex anytime. It doesn't, they don't, they don't care. But for women, it's critical. And and you have to have the skills that we teach for sharing with your partner so that you can feel connected and dissolve resentments. Right. And there's a there's a factor that you, you know, with all the many responsibilities we all have, uh, it's important to have your partner be number one not the children, not the job. You, you work hard, you do your best. It's important to be creative. That's part of your, your um, spirit. Um, so you, 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 you want a dynamic life, but in the big picture, your partner comes first. And that's, that keeps the relationship juicy. Are you guys able to maybe share some things um, or some ways that couples can deepen their emotional connection and communication with each other? Well, when when you share with each other you want to set up appointments okay time for us to talk do you have time tonight do you have time this afternoon maybe tomorrow morning you make an appointment to share you don't start sharing and yelling and screaming and hollering at your partner you have to make an appointment where you know that you both have time to listen to each other mm -hmm. and so you, that's a critical thing and sharing is reflective. It's calm. It's um, it's opening yourself up and 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 putting on the table what uh, what you're experiencing, what you want, what you don't want, and um, that that is a whole skill set. Most people don't know how to do that. We don't. Yeah. We don't. Uh, it's not cultivated in families when we're children, because reflection take is you know has multiple levels of um, development involved, and so you need to be an adult to really get there. And also, guys, enhancing trust and vulnerability. Because um, I, I, I think trust is, is so important for feeling safe and comfortable in a sexual relationship. Would you guys agree? 
Absolutely. Yeah. When there's emotional intimacy, partners feel more secure um, in expressing their desires, their needs, their boundaries, what they like, what they don't like. And then also, I always say, you know, to build trust, you need to strive to be open. You have to be vulnerable about your emotions, about your fears, about the things that you want and don't want. And then this also creates a safe space for both partners to be able to open up and share their thoughts and feelings. Do you have anything that you want to share uh, about that? Well, what we teach our couples when, when we run our, our classes for couples, um, where we teach them skills, when we teach them the sharing skill, we teach them that you have an agreement ahead of time when you're doing sharing that we'll have intense sharing for three to five minutes, 10 minutes, and then we won't talk about whatever we said until the next sharing. Because you want to keep it safe. I want to be able to say what I'm feeling. And I don't want you, after we're finished sharing, starting yelling at me. You shouldn't be thinking that. You shouldn't be feeling that. You shouldn't have said that. You want to keep it into that safe period where it's safe to share and not have yelling upsets. Yeah. And, you know, so, and sometimes we know this information, but we we almost need a reminder because I think last night I, I, I did what you told me not what you just said not to do. <laughs> and so I think I owe somebody an apology now. But uh, sometimes it's difficult, right? Like to, to when you are angry about something or let's just say your partner's not listening to you for whatever reason. And then they keep making the same mistakes and you just want to be like, I told you so. And so, you know, this burst of anger comes out without really thinking about what you're saying. I mean, it happens a lot, right? What happens, though, when that does happen? Because it's going to happen, uh, regardless if you are a relationship expert or not. But um, how do we go back from that? We teach couples these skills. When you play basketball, there's a lot of rules. Right, you got to follow all the rules. You could be a star basketball player, but if you break the rules, you're fouling out. So you have to play by the rules. We give them the rules, and we teach them how to play. Relationship romance is intense. It's not. It's not cool like brothers and sisters. It's intense. It's fire, and you've got to learn how to play by the rules. And when you play by the rules. You can feel that passion to be intimate, but you're not agreeing with each other. Barbara and I are so different from each other. But when you play by the rules, it it, it brings that fire to the relationship, and you just love that. You've got to play by the rules, guys. <laughs> We've explored the fascinating science behind intimacy and love. And before we continue our discussion with Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman, let's take a short break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. And we're back with Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman, experts in building lasting romantic partnerships. And in this segment, we're going to tackle the topic of communication 
and practical strategies for deepening your connection with your partner. So let's jump right in. Okay, communication, mm, cornerstone of every relationship. Uh, if you can't communicate, you cannot be in a relationship with this person. So communication challenges are incredibly common in relationships. I'm sure you guys know that. And it's important to recognize uh, the, that effect that communication um, is a skill that requires practice and effort from both partners. So let's chat about the importance of communication for a strong relationship. There's so much to learn about sharing your feelings. First of all, most people don't have any idea the backstory of why they're upset. So they think they're upset at their partner, but really it's an old issue for mom and dad or, or a sibling. And, um, you know, to connect the dots takes time. And so, you know, we, we don't realize that our anger is really not a primary feeling. It's a secondary feeling. And what's underneath that is hurt. And uh, the, the anger is drama. It gets us nowhere. And it takes time to learn to connect up to the deeper feelings underneath that and share them and also figure out what you want that would make the situation work for you. What, you know, what would heal, the, heal your, your concern? What, would, what do you need from your partner that would take care of what it is it's missing? And that takes a lot of reflection. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes practice. And most, a lot of the time, it's the same old, old childhood injuries that are being reactivated that, um, that show up in present time situations. And if we don't know ourselves enough to connect the dots and share that, surely our partner is not going to know that. And it's yeah. just a lot of, you know, a lot of fire and mist and no, no clarity. So, so an, an example, so the audience can can hear the practicality of it. <clears throat> when I was growing up, my mother was real tough and intense, and and she was always screaming and critical of the kids, and and I, and so I am very sensitive to criticism. So Barbara has to be very careful, and I make requests of her to be very gentle if, if it seems like she's going to be critical of something. She got to be very gentle. She said, Michael, could you please be sure to turn out the lights in the bathroom when you leave in the morning? That would really make me happy. I said, okay, I could do that. Whereas if she says, Michael, turn out those lights in the morning. I can't believe you can't do that. Then I'm upset because there's my mother yelling at me again. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got yelled at a lot into my into adulthood. So as soon as somebody approaches me, um, with anger and starts to yell at me, I shut down. Like I literally will shut down or I want to yell back. I mean, that's my my reaction, right? Um, and I guess it's kind of like going into fight or flight mode. Right, right. Right, yeah. And so we can have our partner be our friend and support person when we make requests. Oh, geez, if you be real gentle when you, when, when you, you know, you might be criticizing something I'm doing, that would really help me not to overreact and so on. And so I'm asking her nicely about that. And then then we have to learn to play together in the ways that work. And Barbara has other sensitivities. Her sensitivity is totally different than mine. Her sensitivities is she lost her natural dad when she was two. And so she's afraid of losing the things she loves like me. So if I don't call her and I'm, and I'm away longer than I should be, she freaks out, right? And so I have to be, be careful. Okay, she wants me to call her, not because she just wants to aggravate me, but because she freaks out because she's two years old and, 
she loses, she's losing. Her. It's so interesting because I have that attachment as well. And I didn't lose anyone at a young age, but I do remember at a young age having a fear of losing someone that I love. And that has continued into adulthood. And and so I, I don't know where that attachment comes from, to be honest, but I also have that attachment. I do. Yes. So if you, and, and so you have, go ahead. So if you can share that feeling and help your partner understand what you need that will keep you calm and centered, um, they're happy. They're happy to do that because then you could, they, they provide what you need and then you appreciate them rather than be aggravated and upset and angry at the person because they're your partner because they've been insensitive and they've, you know, they've lost track of time and they're doing their thing. It's, you know, it's just, it, it takes, it takes time to reflect and understand one's sensitivities. And that's the process of, of and progress of a relationship over time. You need to, you know, understand that it takes time, that getting together in the beginning and falling in love is just discovering your affinities, but you're nowhere near the deep connection of true love until you know, this, this kind of learning process is well in its way. Yeah. Now, can we, um, or can you guys share some practical tips and strategy? Uh, let me ask that again. Okay. Asantio. Can you guys share some practical tips and strategies for improving communication with your partner? Well, one of the things is to make appointments. Very important to do that. And so we talked about that. The other yeah, thing we talked about that. Using other, I statements. I'm big on that. And the other thing is when you're making requests of your partner and you do need to make requests, you want to start with, it would really make me happy if. That's a great way to make a request. To make a request by saying, you dumb person, why don't you do this and this and this and this? That's not a good way to make a request. You want to just make it gentle. And then when you make a request, don't make a request where, where uh, unless it's done perfectly, you're going to be upset. If they make any attempt to do what you're wanting them to do, say, oh, thank you so much for, for doing that. You want 12 roses on Friday night when you go out on a date and they bring you one wilted flower from the garden. Just thank them for that. And then make another request. Oh, I'd love to have, you know, 12 flowers next time, you know, whatever. And so, so well, what you, if it keeps happening? No, but it's okay. Now, now there's different things. You have requests and then you have uh, some kind of a demand that it has to be this way. So you, you, you have things that you ask for that have to be that way. You don't have sex with anyone else besides your romantic partner. That's a demand. And you have other demands, you know, that you don't, you don't um, uh, uh, go ahead and gamble away thousands of dollars of our savings. You have different things you're demanding, but the requests are a playful thing. So you may find that you have to then talk in your sharing exercise about things that don't work. You know, I've asked you to go out on a date for three weeks and you keep having things that don't work. And that's very upsetting to me. It makes me feel like you don't care about me. And, and I would add that most people should know that anger is not a primary feeling. Uh, and it all creates a lot of drama. You have to sit with yourself and really understand your, your, the feelings underneath that. Mostly it's hurt or sadness. And you want to share in a calm way. It's hard for a partner to hear the drama. And it, it doesn't really uh, promote progress. No, we don't want drama. We do not want any drama. 
<laughs> but drama sometimes is inevitable, isn't it? Okay, just quickly before the break, uh, if you're having trouble connecting with your partner or you feel like they're not opening up to you, can you how can you encourage them to work on their communication um, and let them know how it makes you feel? When we do the sharing exercise, we usually tell people you want to listen without interrupting. So if someone has three minutes to share their feelings, you just listen. Just listen, thank thank them for sharing and just listen. And they will share whatever they share about and they'll get used to this, this quality. So we have couples in our classes when we run our classes. Um, they'll share every day. They have to have, they have to set up the schedule to share every day. And, and it's a habit that you could get into. So we, we teach couples how to share. And, you know, Michael, Mike, Michael, you're talking like, um, you know, there was a time when Michael had no idea what sharing feelings was. I, I think that's, um, that's delayed for most men. And so we actually train couples how to do that. And, um, you know, it, it, and if you, so you, you do need to learn those skills. And um, just telling your partner that you miss them and you'd like to, you know, catch up with them, uh, a, a, um, a, an invitation to, to um, just connect is a soft approach is really nice. But, you know, you have to take into consideration, especially when you're younger in your 30s and 40s. It's a dynamic time in life. You're building your business and so forth. It's not a feeling oriented time. You've got to learn how about feelings. Thanks for that. We're going to stop now for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotti, your host, and uh, we're here with Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara Grossman, experts in creating enduring romantic partnerships. And in this final segment, we're going to delve into the various stages of love uh, and challenges that may arise in long-term relationships and strategies for maintaining a strong and fulfilling connection. So let's continue our conversation. Let's chat quickly about the different stages that a relationship will go through. Can you walk us through them? Sure. So we can start out from when um, when we're a teenager. We moved out of the stage of just being in the family, feeling so close and and happy to be part of the family. You become a teenager, you want to have it your own way, you want to separate from your parents, and and you know everything when you're a teenager. Then you get into your 20s and early 30s, and you're in a new relationship, you're 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 married, you may be having children, you love once again being part of the family, you love that intimate connection with everything. Then you get into your late uh, late to 30s and and 40s and you've had enough of this intimacy. You want to have more of your own feelings again and your own desires and your own um, um, uh, you want to have your own accomplishments, your own career, your own time. And, and, and you feel a little separate from that, that the feeling of feeling totally connected to the family. And then that's a very difficult time for a relationship when there's a lot of breakup. But if you manage to have the skills that you need to go through that phase, then you can get back into being a grandparent. 
you get back into feeling once again you love being connected you, you you've completed so much in your career and you're feeling satisfied with that and you can get back into that feeling connected so that movement from feeling connected to those things you love and feeling like you need more space to have your own self-expression that's something that goes back and forth over the years of life and it's inevitable it happens to everyone if your life is working it's going to happen that it can confuse a couple. Mm-hmm. Now you guys just released your book, ages, ageless love, the sexy science of falling in love forever on how couples can navigate the various stages of a long-term romantic partnership. What are the main takeaways from that book? So in the book, we talk about, you need to have the skills that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. We also have a section of the book that talks about, the, the hormonal changes that occur for men and women and that you need to take care of that because if you're going to have an intimate relationship that continues after, after the menopause and the antropause for men, you need to have the hormone replacements. So I, I do a lot of that. And that's like a critical thing as you get older. And when you do that, the intensity of romance remains ongoing for your whole lifetime. You're set when Barbara and I are 73, 74 years old, and we, we, we do ballroom dancing, we compete all over, and we have this intensely intimate life, and we love our lives, and we have energy and enthusiasm. People can have that happen. And so those are big things that you need to do. And then in the book, we also have a chapter on spirituality. You need to have a practice of meditation so that your mind and body can feel peaceful. And you need to have awareness that you have to go ahead and forgive everybody in your life for everything that's ever happened. And that's a spiritual perspective. You need to have that so that you can feel intense love, love for your your romantic partner, love for your friends and family, And you only can have that be real intense when you're in that place of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Forgiveness is so important. Um, You talked about, I want to go back to the hormone replacement therapy. So you're suggesting that uh, we all go on hormones or um, (laughs) like I, I was a little confused about that part. The menopause. Through menopause. So because menopause. there is, there's just discrepancies around it uh, that it may cause cancer, for example. Good Do you question. want to touch on that? Good question. There was, a, there was an issue in, the night, in, in 2003. They had a big study for women who were nurses, 20,000 women. And it seemed like they were getting more cancer and heart disease when they were taking hormones. And it took like 10 years for the research to get clarified. And it's totally clear now. Bioidentical natural hormones that are used topically don't cause cancer or heart disease. They reduce cancer and heart disease. Synthetic hormones that you take orally cause cancer and heart disease. So you want to go to a doctor who knows this and is not run by the drug companies to give out the medicines they can make a lot of money on, even though it causes cancer and heart disease. You want to take the inexpensive natural hormones that 
reduce cancer and heart disease, help your brain, help your bones, help your mood, help your sleep. Interesting. I wonder which ones I was giving. I was given the one that you rub on your arm. That could be. But I thought those were synthetic as well. No, 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 no. They're not. You want to make sure it doesn't get too thick. I, I usually will give the hormone six days a week rather than seven to prevent any, any thickening of the lining over a period of years. But the, the hormones that you use topically are, are all natural. They don't make synthetics that are topical. Now, can you go on and off them? Because I was told to go on and off them, like maybe two weeks on, two weeks off. But sometimes I'm not having hot flashes or any symptoms. So I, I just don't take anything. So okay. you're not taking hormones just to prevent hot flashes. You're taking the natural bioidentical hormones to keep your bones strong, to help your memory to help your sleeping, to help your mood, to help your sexual functioning. Okay. And so then you also have to take it with progesterone, correct? Well, estrogen is one hormone. Progesterone is another one. And testosterone is the third one. Now we have other ones, the, uh, the DHEA and pregnenolone, and we have uh, growth hormone releasing factors, a lot of other hormones. The basic three, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, is critical for women. Okay. Okay. One last question. Uh, this has been a great show. Thank you so much for being here, but I'd love to hear your number one tip for new couples who want to build a long lasting relationship. Well, I'd say make sure that you really share what's important to you, what you value, um, what, you know, to share all the, the parts of, of, um, of, you know, what, what your uh, expectations are for, for a relationship. So it's out on the table. Um, there's so many aspects of, of a life and um, you need to have really deep conversations about um, you know your 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 soul's purpose on this earth and what the ingredients of a good life you need to talk about whether you want children you need to talk about spirituality and religion you need to talk about um, your relationship with your parents and so that, that there's no surprises dr michael anything before we end the show you need to um have the sharing exercises that we talked about. Very important to take classes and courses and being mentored in what makes a good relationship because it's not something that happens naturally. That's why we run our courses and classes. People love them. It really changes their life. Thank you guys so much. I want to thank you for being here today, for sharing your invaluable expertise. Um, also, if you're listening in, we, we want to hear from you. Call us on our studio line for next time and share your romantic stories, your dating fails, and your burning relationship questions. You can leave us a message at 416-966-7280. That's 416-966-7280. And you may, uh, we may hear you or you may hear yourself on a future show. And uh, Dr. Michael and Dr. Barbara, where can people learn more about you and uh, possibly grab a copy of your book? Um, they should be able to uh, go to um, um, agelesslovequiz.com and also fallingandloveforever.com. That would be uh, the best way. They can go falling to in love. Is that fallingandloveforever.com? Yes. And they right. also... And, they can also I, yep, sorry. Oh, I believe they can find you on Instagram at fallingandlovemastery, correct? I think that's right. And... Um, OCWellness.com is my medical website, OCWellness.com. They can go there too and get 
a lot of information on all the hormone stuff. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check me out on Instagram, TikTok, official Laura Bellata. Check out singleinthecity.ca if you are single and looking for love. Until next week, ciao for now.